Hi, so welcome to the next podcast. And um, today we're going to be talking about a theme that came from the Photo Voice workshops um, called To Be Seen. And I'm going to be in conversation with two of the co-researchers, Sunny and Lockie. Hi. Hi. I thought it might be quite useful for us to start by um, just asking you both how you actually identify. So when you say identify, um, what comes to mind first is my is my sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I identify as a gay male, mm-hmm. and uh, with the pronouns he him, and then I think about my culture, uh, being Indian heritage, mm-hmm. and then I think about my birthplace, where I was born in Africa, and. Uh, that's still very much a part of my heritage. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Yeah. Um, I identify as a non-binary queer person from Indian background. And a few more <laughs> layers to that. Which you're not going to share right now. <laughs> as we go. As we go along. Okay, so out of the workshops, we had this theme called to be seen. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how that theme actually came about? Why, why, why did we get that theme from the work that we did together? Uh, for me, to be seen came about because, yeah, my struggles in the gay community, mm. um, especially in the gay male community that's predominantly I feel white focused Uh, I'm considerably older than Lokesh and yeah it's been a very lonely experience I'm I'm, I'm happy to see things are starting to change but um, yeah it's a very quiet nasty racism that goes on in the community mm. um, and and it hides behind the the line you're not my type okay and so that was an important thing that came out of the photographs that you took in terms of your own representation and so that's why we have have the theme lucky yeah for, for me um, I think like to me the term to be seen slightly different from uh, Sony's mm. where for me it's 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 the gender that that I want to be seen as a fluid gender where um, there's this idea of gender that is imposed on me since birth um, but I don't want to be seen that way I want to be seen as a gender fluid person um, and then there are certain things that are associated to the gender that is I am perceived as. So I'm perceived mm. as a a, a a man. So I, I need to dress certain way. I mm. need to behave certain way. I need to walk in a certain way. But if I don't do that, then it's, it's, it's like my gender is challenged. But for me, I identify as non-binary, mm. which is sort of a political thing for me like as a statement saying that this is how I identify this is how I want to be seen and I don't want your sort of understanding of what my gender should be to be imposed on me okay 
So that's interesting, isn't it? So is there a sense of, I mean, do you think that there's a tension anywhere in terms of being, somebody, Lockie, you mentioned community. And so that would be quite interesting to talk a little bit about, you know, what do you mean by community? What community are you talking about? But do you think that there's a tension in terms of to be seen as who you are, in terms of being, on the one hand, hyper-visible, and on the other hand, invisible in this community or as you walk through yeah. life? Yeah. Um, so so I, I think for me, um, like like in terms of gender it's 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 very um like the, the, the certain things that are imposed on me just the way i might seem physically um mm. where for example i did a exhibition recently in birmingham and it was it was for south asian uh, heritage month and i knew the whole crowd at the exhibition would be cis straight people yeah and I just wanted to, like, sort of challenge that idea of what their understanding of South Asian heritage is. So I wore a dress. And people were either, like, very excited to talk to me and they were, like, very interested in, they were coming up to me. But I saw majority of people were just avoiding me. And people wouldn't look towards me. Like they would see me and then they would look, make, they will make sure they're not looking mm. towards me mm. because I was the odd one out. I was this person with mustache and a long dress. Um, whereas there were kids who were looking at me and they, they just continuously kept looking at me, um, which I saw that there was a curiosity of those children mm. where they have seen this idea of how someone should be. They saw me as this typical man who might dress as a typical whatever men dress as. Uh, but I was not, mm. I didn't look like that. Mm. So there was this curiosity and I saw some of those children pointing finger at me and telling their mom like, oh, look, look. Mm. And their mom would just like shut it. Oosh, oosh. Yeah. But I mean, like, how did you feel about doing that? Because there's a there's an exposure there, isn't there? And yeah. there's a vulnerability yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. challenging heteronormativity, isn't there? Yeah, how yeah. did you actually feel yeah. about putting yourself there? So so for for me, like my my whole work that I was exhibiting there was all about like challenging this notion of what needs to be, like mm. what what people need to be, what queerness needs to be, what South Asianness needs to be. So my whole work was about challenging that, and that's I wanted. That's what I wanted to. I just wanted to challenge the, the space um, and their understanding of what mm. uh, of the South Asian heritage they thought of. Mm. Um, and again, like as I said, like it, it, for me, it was a very political thing. I dressed like that there. Even though, like, it, it's not something I would typically d wear. Like, uh, that's mm. something I, I, I wouldn't really been comfortable wearing. But I wore that day the dress just so I can challenge that as notion. A, as a provocation, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Really, yeah. as a provocation. Yeah. Sunny, what, what's your um, feelings about this tension? If there is a tension, I don't want to put words in your mouth around being hyper visible as who you are and on one hand and then on the other hand actually invisible i think uh very much to what Lockie is saying 
in terms of his gender, uh, I've had the same experience, not in terms of my gender, but in terms of fitting in as a gay male uh, and being a the odd one out um, because of my skin. And, uh, and it's not just because of the color of my skin, but it's, it, it's specifically my heritage and, and the way I look. So uh, it just doesn't fit with the norm of what the, the gay majority has been conditioned to look for. Uh, if you open a magazine, if you look at a movie, if you watch a TV show, everything in the West that tells you what is good looking is either around white culture mm -hmm. or muscular black culture. Mm. So they over-sexualize mm. black males uh, and they do the same thing with the Latin males. Mm. They sexualize them. Uh, or the guys who are into feminine, um, femme-type males go for Asians. Uh, so Indians don't fit. Mm. We, 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 we don't have a place. And so I call it very much, um, I look at it in terms of, you know, social currency. Mm. I have brown friends and I, when I was younger, Yes, every so often, uh, you know, the white male that I was looking to as the archetype mm. would throw me a crumb and talk to me. And um, yeah, and so I would bow down because I had the currency of youth. Mm. But as that's faded, a lot of gay men at the age of 40 uh, or 50, they go and, 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 and look into doing steroids, um, because they need a currency. Like, mm. what, what do you have to offer? Uh, or, you know, they go and get um, plastic surgery or butt implants or uh, all of these things are very real because it's your social currency. And if you don't have that, perhaps you have a career or you have money or you have a Ferrari mm. or BMW. What is your social currency? Because clearly you, me, as an Indian... Mm. It's just not enough. And even I've seen white males who don't fit this, this archetype, uh, you know, Captain America archetype. Mm, mm. They're not enough. Mm. And so there's this massive pressure in this gay male world uh, and in the male world in general around physicality. Mm. And my lesbian friends, they have a different uh, journey. They go for the emotion, I emotional side of things. Whereas with the gay males, uh, I, I was watching a show on Netflix and, and in every gay date, within the first date, the question came mm. up about, are you a top or a bottom or yeah. how big is your cock? Yeah. And, and, and what does that have to do with my personality? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have to say that lesbians also you know, may, may may kind of not just focus on the emotion and they want to know whether you're butch femme. Well, I'm old school. Maybe maybe lesbians don't talk about that now, but my generation of lesbians talk about, are you butch, are you femme, are you dom, are you pat, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But you t bringing it back, it's not about me. It's about you, obviously. But so where, where do you see yourselves reflected? 
If we're thinking about to be seen, where do you see yourselves reflected? Where are you seen? And if you don't feel seen, how does that impact on you? Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, my experience growing up, I didn't really understand my sexuality. I didn't really understand my gender. Um, I didn't really find that I've, I've, I was fit, like, I was a fit for the society that I was living in. Mm. The, the area that I l grew up in in India is a very masculine, very, uh, the culture is all very like hyper-masculine. Mm. Um, it's, it's very toxic in a way. So for me, like my childhood was just finding ways to blend in, to not mm. be visible so that I won't be a target. Yeah. Because growing up, I was bullied for being skinny, um, not being the, the masculine uh, person. So I was seen as a weak person. So like people who felt more powerful mm. would come after you. So for me, the whole childhood was just dressing in a certain way that doesn't get a lot of attention, behaving in a certain way, talking in a certain way, talking to very specific people so I don't get a lot of attention. Mm. Um, so if anyone I saw who might be queer, who I, I resonated with, I would avoid them just so that I don't get associated to them. Mm. Where like my adult life has been unlearning all that mm. and embracing what I I am um, like I really am not the things that I forced myself to be, mm. which is a really really difficult thing that I've experienced now. Is I have all these different things about how I, how I behave, how I dress, everything, and it's it's those things that I've forced myself to do the whole life, and I've become so comfortable in those things. Mm. Now that when I do something else, it's it feels so uncomfortable. It feels so not me. Yeah. I was going to say, at what co at what cost to unlearn those yeah. things that have become part of you? Yeah, so I forced myself to be those things. Mm. And now actually, I have become those things. And to not be those things, it's so uncomfortable. So if it, uh, there was like very recent example, when I like, I, like, like, it was quite shattering, it, it was quite isolating for me. Uh, I went to a friend's birthday party recently, in Soho uh, Freedom Bar and majority of people were there uh, white. Mm -hmm. There were few um, b b black people I think, um, black individuals. There, there were a couple of people of uh, other origins I guess, but like the way they seemed. Mm. Um, but it was majority white, it was majority very young crowd. Mm -hmm. um, everyone was dancing, everyone was drunk. But it was a very certain way the whole crowd was. It was very, very like, oh, I'm cool or I'm sexy. I'm like, I'm this person and everyone else is beneath me. That, 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 that kind of sort of um, way it is, I felt. Um, but the, the experience of just being there, I felt that I just don't belong here. Even though mm. I was with my friends, Everyone was dancing, everyone was just enjoying. There was uh, really good music, but I just, I didn't uh, identify with the culture. Um, I, didn't, I didn't 
know most of mm. the songs. I, I I just so I felt so out of the place, and at that moment it was so overwhelming. The emotions were so overwhelming that I just wanted to get out. Mm. And as I walked out of the place, I started crying, and I couldn't stop crying. Mm. And I was just crying for like fifteen minutes outside the place. Mm. Um, so I went downstairs. I told my friend like I'm, I have to go. Like yeah. I, I'm not feeling comfortable. So he took me upstairs. We had a chat, and I started crying again. I, I just couldn't stop mm. crying. And like, the, I, I think it was just like a build up of like not fitting, not being seen, and. I was just looking back at my other experiences where I felt not seen, and then it, it was just such an isolating, such a lonely feeling, and I it, I just couldn't control mm. that. I just couldn't, yeah. So I, I think those are the 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 the, the experiences that I personally mm. feel like I have to go through just to find myself. Like I now know that that kind of environment is not something i would like to be in mm. um so where would you have rather have been if it was your friend's birthday and it wasn't in that environment what would have been your perfect environment yeah so for example um i i i literally enjoy going to this uh club called club kali which mm. is a south asian queer uh place mm. um and last time when i went there i was just with one friend of mine i didn't know anyone there and i didn't really talk to anyone i was just dancing because i knew the music i felt comfortable because there were people who had like all sort of different backgrounds people were dressed in different ways everyone was dancing it 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 just felt more comfortable to be there hmm. one because i saw myself in those people but then also the environment was very different because there were people from all sort of different age groups okay and everyone was just, everyone seemed happy whereas in that bar when i went to my friend's uh, birthday party it was very i'm not sure how to say it but it's it's it, like everyone was just by themselves it it was just i think i know what you mean is it something a bit about um voyeuristic so people are not there necessarily just to be having a good time for the sake of they're there to kind of check other people out check themselves in the reflection to make sure that they are performing being perfect yeah yeah but if if everybody else around them is not perfect then actually then you don't exist yeah it was it was a, an a, attire that they were they they were they showing themselves in a certain way yes it's a performance and it wasn't genuine yes. whereas in club kali yeah. it it's very genuine everyone is just enjoying yes. the music even though there are a lot of people who are not south asian yeah they might not know the music but there are people just dancing yeah. because they is just is that is that dj ritu yes is she still going yeah. wow she's amazing excellent what does does any of what lockie said resonate with you sonny yeah very much so um i think you know yesterday it, this is my birthday today and yesterday i was walking through Happy soho uh, thank you and um I was walking through Soho on my way from a comedy show to a movie and I was alone and there was plenty of gay men outside all of the pubs hmm. and it was majority white men lined up and yeah as I walked through 
I looked good. I felt good, but I felt completely invisible. Mm. Not really people didn't notice me. Mm. I didn't feel like I could get into line with any of those people and fit in mm. or talk. Not that they would banish me. They would talk to me. But am I desirable enough? Uh, perhaps not. Now, if I was a blonde, white, blue-eyed guy, I would have a very different experience. Um, people would be turning and looking and, and whatnot. Or if I was an East Indian male with all kinds of muscles walking mm. by, uh, you know, for example, I saw the guy from um, It's a Sin. Actually, this was a month ago. And I was watching him walk down the same street that I walk, and everybody was looking at him. Because now all of a sudden, as I alluded to before, he has social currency. He's somebody. Mm. He's pretty. And he's an actor. Um, so, yeah, I felt very alone. Mm. Now, Lokesh cried in the party. Mm. I think I've been crying inside for a long time. Mm. Eventually you have to stop. And so I've become numb. Uh, and, and I mean, I haven't been on a date really for 11 years. Mm. It's not because I'm ugly. It's, and it's not the outward fault. It's my own fault as well. And, and, and if I could push, what, what makes me upset about myself is I've bought into the Western archetype. And so something in my brain tells me to look at white, good-looking mm. males mm. and go for them. Something in my, my preference, there's a button there. If I could push that red button and go reset, I would 100% reset. And, mm. and I think you asked the question of, you know, where would I rather be? I would like to be in an idealistic place, what, what is alluded to as pluralism, where there's somebody from every culture and there's not more brown people and there's not more black people mm. and there's not more white people, but there's people from all over the world, each equally as important and each equally as beautiful mm. That's the party I would like to go to. I've often I'd said... I'd like to go to that party too. Right. And <laughs> I, I've often wanted to do an experiment. I think it would be very interesting if you could go to a party and blindfold everyone and you all have a great time, mm. the experience, and at the end of the night, you get to take off your blindfold and see who you were talking mm. to. And I bet it would be someone quite different from who you normally would be talking yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be a really great experiment. I think you've both um, talked about this sense of isolation from not being seen. So in order to be seen, what kind of strategies do you actually use? Do you have any strategies that you use to be seen? You're talking about dating. I, was, I wasn't particularly thinking about dating, but yeah, dating's a good thing to talk about. In order to be seen on the dating scene, what what do you do? Yeah. Um, so, so I think like when I moved to UK for the first time, um, 
I didn't really know anyone here. I didn't mm. really have any friends that I knew. So just to meet people, and also I didn't have any queer life back home because I wasn't really out. Mm. So like for me, it was like before I came to UK, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have the best life. I'm I'm gonna make so many queer friends, and I'm gonna have the best time of my life. Um, but when I came here, it it was very isolating in a way. I didn't feel that I I was fitting anywhere. I came here. I was like, oh, I'm gonna meet queer people. I met queer people, but they. It was initially like, oh, let's go for a drink and uh, meet, go to some like meetup event or some sort of things like that. It was nice conversation, but then after a while, they don't really understand you. They don't understand your experiences, um, because majority of those groups were white, mm, mm. Uh, cis men who had very certain sort of life, um, certain sort of privileges that helped them. Live certain experiences that I never had, yeah. mm. um, so they didn't really understand my struggles. They didn't really ex- understand my experience. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe I need to go and meet some South Asian people. I met South Asian people. They were really homophobic, and then I was like, I need to find this niche of South Asian queer people. I went there. I was either fetishized. They were like, oh, there's this young skinny boy. Mm. So it would either be very sexual thing where oh let's have sex or let's do this but it, it it's it's very um detached from the reality of like of like human interaction hmm. um so then you have to dig deeper and just find a very niche community niche people who really relate to you mm-hmm. which is again very isolating you don't feel seen no in the majority so you have to find a very certain group of people that you feel seen with and that's hard work isn't it yeah yeah that's hard work yeah yeah and for for me what am i doing to be seen mm. i've spent a lot of time thinking about and trying to recreate and yeah it almost crushed me to the point of just not wanting not wanting to be uh it's a sad place that i'm at today that i'm actually in a place that if someone came along and said um here's a pill take that pill and you'll be straight i'm ashamed to say i would take that pill why because being brown and gay has been a very lonely experience for me i'm committed that if i'm alone i'm alone um i would love to meet a partner everyone wants to be loved everyone wants to have someone um unfortunately because of the shell that i'm in and the countries i choose to live in i'm 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 not in the desirable range of everyone now one of my friends once told me girl you can either learn how to play the game 
or spend your life trying to change the game. And I've spent most of my life trying to change the game and, and I have to say he was right. People won't change. So where I'm at now is I am spending time going inside and doing things I love to do. Like I'm about to start a master's degree at the age of 53 um, at the London College of Fashion because it's something I love to do. And so if love's not going to find me, I'm going to find love in different forms. Um, perhaps then Cupid might find me. And if Cupid doesn't find me, that's okay because I'm going to be having a fantastic mm. experience. I'm also finding things like photo voice. Mm. Uh, and I, I've got an incredible group of friends mm. uh, that will be my friends mm. for life from this. It strikes me that... Um you know, when we were doing the workshops, we had created this amazing space where people could be authentic and genuine. And it's, you know, you've just shared something just so profoundly authentic for this podcast. And there's just something very special about finding each other, isn't there? Yeah. Which is what we're talking about, isn't it? So To be seen. To be seen. And there's something very profoundly internal about that for all of us isn't there that's needed right and, and 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 what you say there this this specialness this profoundness that we found connecting mm. with one another it gives me a glimpse into what privilege is because i've never had privilege this is what's taken for granted mm. every day by so many mm. people who are in privileged positions yeah. and they have no idea, some of them, what they are being given. Mm. And this, this photo voice group, it's a privilege mm. that we were put together. Mm. But I will savor every moment of that privilege for the rest of my life. And I hope perhaps those people who are listening that are from privileged positions that, that they realize the feast that is being put in front of them every single moment of their lives. Mm. I'm just aware that, you, you know, you have shared something very personal in terms of how you're feeling. And so if we think about what needs to change, what would need to change for how you feel right now to change? for both of you because we're both we're all talking about this sense of isolation aren't we so what would need to change yeah. um actually i really relate to um the experience only had mm. of um feeling that only if i was straight i would be good enough only mm. if i was born in a rich family in a upper caste family in a in a western out sort of area or like those certain things only if I had those things I would be good enough um, like I've, I've, I've grown up hating myself for the things that I was I had no control I was born that way 
my brother just came out as a gay person to my family and we are the only two sons and the whole indian culture is all about sons getting married and giving the grandparents grandchildren which both of us not probably are not going to do um at least traditional way um and i really look up to my brother for having courage to embrace and just be himself which is a very strong thing for him to do um but i felt because he's gay i felt like my parents have gone through so much a lot mm. of things just because of ch- like the children like for example my sister got divorced which was a like a life shattering thing for my parents even though from a western perspective that's a very normal thing mm. but from where i came from they felt so broken like they were so worried like what who's going to take care of our daughter mm. how how is she going to survive and everything so th- that experience broke them and then also other experiences i think it's just like my parents have had such a hard life my brother came out to them which is really really hard for them and then i feel like i don't want to make it worse for them so i i i i hated myself only if i was straight only if i was the certain person that my peop my parents or people who love me want only if i was that person i would have like things would have worked but what i've wo- like started learning and started accepting is that i don't have control over those things if it would have happened like that would have been good but that's not how things are um like talking to people uh, I've, i would tell them like oh my brother is gay they were like that's amazing that's amazing for your family and all the stuff they'll be like you have someone with you like and you like it's, it's just a miracle i don't know this like random random things but i've i've never felt that way i've mm. I've, i've just hated that thing but it's just me coming to terms with that and just accepting i don't have control over that mm. but what can i do now i can educate my parents about what being queer means um helping my brother because he himself is struggling where my parents are pressuring him and now towards me to get mm-hmm. married mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it's just like finding a space where i will be accepted for who i am right now and then gaining the courage to go towards my parents for ask their sort of acceptance mm-hmm. and preparing them for the acceptance i guess okay. um yeah yeah and sunny just very quickly yeah i can say it very simply what would need to change yes. i grew up in this country and i remember as an 8 year old as a 9 year old as a 10 year old being on my knees mm. praying to god that i wasn't that i would wake up white mm. and then i remember at 13 14 15 yesterday praying that i would wake up not gay what needs to change yeah. that needs to change that 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 young boys and girls of color don't have to pray because they don't feel different anymore they feel like they belong how will that change things like 
the entire um, the entire people of color executive of London Pride walking out because they were tired because there is no change. That's how it will change. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for coming and taking part in this podcast and being so honest, which is actually a trademark of Photo Voice or our Photo Voice group, isn't it? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.